Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the No Pucks Given podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Porcelli, and I am joined by my two good friends, Nick Del Pret and Thomas Umana. How's it going, boys? I'm doing good. Um, lots of hockey this week, lots of news, so excited to talk about it. And uh, yeah, Thomas, how about you? I'm good. I had a good uh, start of the week. Uh, some wise words from one of my favorite players. There's nothing better than beating the Leafs. Oh, my oh, God. Here we go. So that, that got a good start to the week. I think this episode is going to be me and Thomas just going at it. So, Hey, Thomas. What's up? Fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. We'll hop right into some, some hockey news other than the Leafs and Jets. Um, the Canucks blowing it up in every fucking corner of the organization. The Aqualanis are uh, cleaning house. Yes, they Trap- are. Travis Green and Nolan Bumgarner were fired. Bruce Brudrow was in, and he won his first game and his second game, I believe. And third. And third. Yeah, three in a row. Wow, shocking. Firing the coach sends a team into a three-game winning streak. Not surprising. Um, I like Brudrow uh, there. Honestly, yeah. he's, uh, he's known as a player's coach from what I hear. Um, very offensive, too which is exactly what the Canucks need because Patterson needs to get the hell going. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Horvat, Hoaglander, uh, Besser, they're all going these last three games. Patterson, not so much, but I know it's coming for Patterson. He scored a nasty shootout winner. Um, yeah. So I agree. I think Boudreaux giving them that spark they need. So it's good to see. Yeah. Um, they also fired Jim Benning um, and John Weisbrod. I think that's his last name. Um, Chris uh, Chris Gear is inter- interim GM, and Jim Rutherford was hired as president and another interim GM, which is weird. But, anyways, Jim Rutherford, I think the Canucks got it really wrong here. I I, I do not think Jim Rutherford was uh, a good hire. Me neither. I feel like he's uh an old senile guy, and he's kind of stuck in his ways. Hence, why he didn't work out. Like, didn't work out. In Pittsburgh, after a while, um, I don't know. I I don't think this guy. I think the Canucks, what the Canucks needed in this scenario, was not necessarily a young GM, but somebody with fresh ideas, ways yeah. to ways to to get around this this cap bullshit that they're in, right? Um, but I mean, hey, he's uh he's only interim GM right now and president, so maybe. Maybe they do end up hiring a another GM that's you know young and fresh, but we'll see. I just feel like Jim Rutherford has a brand, and I feel like he's gonna kind of stick to that with the Canucks. But uh, anyways, um, Philadelphia as well. Flyers are having a pretty rough time. They followed suit literally the day. Yeah. They fired uh, Vigneault and Michelle Therrien. Uh, Mike Yo is hired as interim coach for the Flyers. That I don't like. Hiring Vigneault? No, hiring uh, Mike Yo. I think oh. you're at a point as a franchise where you need you're in win now mode. You got a, you got an aging core. Um, you made all these additions in the off season and you're bottom of the metro, which is a division where if you're at the bottom, if you stay down there too long, you're not coming back up. Like it's a competitive division. So. Um, I think if you have your eyes on someone, like I heard Rick Tockett is the likely candidate. Um, you know, there's Travis Green, who's still a great NHL coach who can very well, you know, take up another job. Um, 
I think it's clear that Mike Yo is just part of like this transition to a new coach. But I think as soon as you know your guy, you gotta you gotta sign him because, like I said, you're in a win now mode. Mike Yo is not gonna do much for you if you don't see him as a long term coach. So you want to get a guy in there who can similar to what Boudreaux's doing in Vancouver so far, you know, steer that ship into the right direction and motivate the guys to get going because they're a good team, Philadelphia Flyers on paper at least. So I don't like necessarily the you the Mike Yo they should have just taken the extra day or two and really figure out who they want but I mean I guess it was more to get Vignol and Terrian out rather than bringing someone in so hopefully it works for them but I don't know how I feel about it I don't know I feel like uh I feel like something had to give um in in uh in Philly they were off to this bad start man like it's just uh and something needed to happen over there, and I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind the, uh, the Mike Yo interim thing. I mean, I don't think, I don't think Mike Yo lasts long there. I, I don't think he's under the impression that he's going to be there for a while. Yeah, because he hasn't worked anywhere he's went. So as a head head coach, so I think I think he's aware that he's literally a stopgap in between. Vignol and the next the next coach um yeah I mean but that's the issue I have but I mean if it was more to get there was more of a rush to get Vignol out then I understand it but if they have their eyes on talk it whoever it is get them in as soon as possible because you you're running out of time especially in a division like that like they're below 500 right now so yeah but yeah, yeah. I don't have much to say about that I just I like the Flyers a lot like their roster, and I, it frustrates me to see them struggling the way they are. All right. Um, I guess moving on from the Flyers, I'm gonna leave. There's the next, the next thing up on our notes. Yeah, the next thing up on our notes is the least first Jets incidents and and all that. And I think I I think we're gonna leave that till a little later. Um, I don't want to get too heated on, on the general news of the week. <laughs> um. Uh, wow, you guys really okay. There we go. Um, Ian Cole was it? You know, I kind of want to save that oh, too. That as well. Yeah. That. It all flows. So, oh, I didn't even. China will participate in the Olympics. Yeah, it's confirmed. Oh, why? Well, I didn't even know that. Well, because they were because they're in a group with Canada, U.S., and Germany, and the whole thing was they're gonna get embarrassed even though they're the host country and they have to play, they're literally going to get embarrassed. Like it's not even like they're probably going to score a goal all, all uh, group stage. And then they made them play some kind of like friendlies with other countries um, that are non NHL based. And apparently they played decent. So they allowed them to participate, but just on the topics of the Olympics, I guess, I mean, there's not much to say about China, but I'll kind of take off one of our other news thing. Um, I don't I don't like the likelihood of the NHL attending the Olympics, honestly. Uh, Batman said on Friday that it's up to the players now to decide uh, if they want to attend or not. And I know it's going to be. It's going to be a vote, and I think it's like 40 percent that they're going to go and 60 that they're not. Um, yeah, Robin Leonard actually came out saying la- earlier last week that he's not going Um and I feel like a lot more players are going to start dropping out. Like there's a Canadian player who they haven't named yet, but he's, he was on the list and he, he's dropping out. Yeah. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's a big name player. I don't know. 
I mean, he's on Canada. So chances are he's a pretty big name player, but I don't like, I don't like the chances of them going anymore. Um, because I don't know if, if anyone knows, but if you test positive, you know, even if it's a false positive, you have to quarantine for three weeks in a hospital, like with no pay, no protection. They don't have insurance. No, no, nothing. It's just you literally stay in a hospital. Like you, and then if you're there after the Olympics and the NHL starts back up, you're not getting paid. Um, and you know, for guys that, especially younger guys that, whether they have young kids or you know they care more about the NHL, they they know they're gonna have a chance to play in the Olympics in the future if they're younger. Um, like Matthews, I'm saying guys like that, McDavid. Um, I feel like they're gonna be more reluctant to go because they know that there's a chance in four years that they'll go again. See what I'm under, what I don't understand here. Stop me if I'm wrong. What, what's holding back? The, did, okay. Did the world cup of hockey not do well? I, yeah, do I, well? I, don't, I don't understand. Um, I agree with you. I think the NHL should take their own approach. Because, Stop okay, but think about, cause think about it this way. Okay. The NHL owns the top talent in the world. Yeah. Like you're not going to find better hockey than the NHL anywhere no, no. in the world. KHL is a second, but even still, you've seen the difference between players coming from the KHL scoring X amount of points. Like, for example, Lech, uh, Lettinen, the defenseman there, had one defenseman of the year in the KHL, comes to Toronto, seventh defenseman in the NHL, right? But so the NHL's got this wealth of talent and, and a lot of money, a lot of money. You can literally host your own tournament on your own terms, allow it to be team Canada, team USA team team. And, and you'll, I feel like you'll outdo the Olympics. I well see. I agree with that. And I actually saw yesterday as well, that Batman said they're not opposed to bringing the world cup of hockey back. And people were and saying, like, and like that team, that team North America was so good for hockey. Yeah. So good. The young kids. That was, that was neat. Although, although I feel like, okay, let me stop. Let me stop myself. I feel like that team North America will never be as good as it actually was (laughs) that year that it was around. I don't, I don't want to see it again because you're not going to see like you had, you had two of the best draft cat classes in recent history. Yeah. You you literally, you literally had Eichel Matthews, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, McKinnon on the same team. Like, plus it's also weird. (laughs) It's weird for them because you're competing against your home country. Yeah, well. I yeah. I like I like the team Europe. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I agree with that. I, I I take back what I said about Team North America. It was fun to see at the beginning, but now it now it's it's more of players want to play for for their country. Yeah, like I want to see and, and like I I guess for the players, it maybe it's maybe it's like the meaning behind actually like like the Olympics like. The NHL can host this tournament, but do the players really care about an NHL sanctioned tournament compared to like an Olympic gold medal? It all starts somewhere though. Like eventually over time, this will have meaning, especially if considering how long it's been since the NHL has attended the Olympics. And there's all this, you know, debate, not, not even because of COVID, just because of sending stars to begin with. Right. Yeah. Um, really when you're in the Olympics, who's competitive? outside of the NHL, Russia might be a little bit better because they have KHL, some of the KHL stars. Other than that, there's nothing really that you're missing out on by having this NHL tournament. If anything, this NHL tournament is more competitive, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So I know it's hard to say now, 
obviously you'd want to go to the Olympics over this as players because that's all there's really been. But, you know, this has to start somewhere. If this happens every two years, let's say, for the NHL, it, over time, it's going to become a big deal. Um, yeah. They have their own kind of reward system. Like, instead of money that they did a few years ago, maybe have some kind of trophy or something. Like, develop meaning. Like, fans are going to love it. You, there's no doubt. And I, I, I've seen people on social media say, let's do it in the summer. Because there's such a long off season, and they won't go. They won't do it. I know, but people are saying like that'll bring. If anything, you might get more viewership in the summer because people miss hockey so much. Yeah, I know, but the players won't do it. Well, you never know, man. Uh... But regardless, okay, then then have it in February, like when the Olympics are on. That, that's totally fine. Just yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I I I agree, and honestly, I I think I think a World Cup of hockey every two years three years if you do it if you do it during the all-star break yeah screw the all-star break i think you'll get more viewership oh, you're, gonna get, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a global viewership like i honestly don't think the all-star game is is it sucks it, it sucks it's it, it, it's awful you know what i mean like i mean okay was it last year two years ago they did they did some new stuff to change it up but it was still it was still crappy i mean this year if the all-star game happens and they do it the way that they're planning on doing it on the, on the Vegas strip in front of the Bellagio fountain, that'd be freaking unreal. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're planning on there. There was a bunch of rumors and I'm going to just say that the rumors, because I, I feel like I've heard it on a podcast. Um, but yeah, they're like literally planning on closing down the strip. Like just a, a part of the strip to do the game outside. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, they're, they're, they're going to try this year, but I, I don't know. I mean, the All-Star game is, is it, it's old. It's, it's, it needs you know what something. I mean? It needs something. I, I, I don't, I, I honestly, the more and more I think about it, I don't see the NHL going to the Olympics, which is very unfortunate. I'm, I've been looking forward to it since last summer. Um, yeah. it's, it's very sad, especially for a guy like Ovechkin. And I do hope that they do. If it doesn't work out this year, next year, plan a World Cup of Hockey. You know the yeah. fans want it. You know the fans want it. Just just go for it. If it doesn't work out, oh, well, but you tried. You don't yeah. get the viewership you want. The players don't seem engaged. Then it's 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 something you tried. And then you, you revisit the Olympics in four years, three years after that, four years from now. But to just to just not go to the Olympics and then not try anything else, like you, you got to develop some kind of international opportunities because – you're trying to grow this. You're trying to grow the NHL on a global scale. That's the only way you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't like the odds, um, but you never know. This COVID situation is really, really adding to the, you know, the negative aspect of it, um, especially considering where it is in the world. But um, we'll see. I mean, it, that'll be something we'll talk about over the Christmas break for sure, because it starts in February. The only other thing I want to know, and then we can move on, is that there's that three-week break that they planned for, right? Um, now, if they don't go to the Olympics, it's still probably going to stay that way, um, which is kind of cool for the players because guy, teams that are completely injured, um, they might – sorry, one second. They might um, – I lost my train of thought. Oh, with the three-week break, teams that are injured might – begin to get healthy right so and then the hockey down the stretch going to the playoffs is going to be more competitive um so that three-week break could benefit 
the league as well, but it might suck to not have hockey for three weeks. So we'll see what happens there. But anyways, we can move on now. Yeah, I haven't heard Thomas's voice in a bit too, though. I miss him. Tim? <laughs> uh, no, like I agree with what you guys are saying. I still have hope that players will go to the Olympics. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. We're still a little far away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think beginning of January, we'll start to hear a lot more. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. Uh, Arizona's in some trouble. Uh, they're almost locked out of their building after not paying $1.3 million in state taxes. That's... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I can sum this up really quick because I was kind of following it this week. Um, so at first, yeah, it came out that they haven't paid, over the past few years, they haven't paid a, com- a combination of $1.3 million in state taxes. And then the team came out and said that someone they hired, it was a human error. And I just find that funny. A human error misses that much money, whether it's over two, three years or one year, whatever it was, how the hell do you let that happen? And even if it was human error, you're the one that employs that that individual or those individuals, if it was a group of people, something needs to be done there because you can't let that happen. Like you're an NHL franchise. An NHL franchise that's barely staying above water. You're getting, you already need to find a new building. And I, I think their target right now is Tempe. Um, how, how is the city going to look at you and say, yeah, I want you to come uh, use my facilities and whatever. Like, so, and then I, I know Batman defended Arizona, um, the Coyotes, shall I say, from the city of Arizona. Um, did I just say the city of Arizona? Oh my God. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Gary Bettman came out and said, oh, it seems like Arizona is not interested in the team anymore. Um, look at the way they're treating them or someone like that. Like, it's on it's on the Coyotes. It's on the Coyotes franchise. It's not the state's fault. So I don't understand what Bettman's trying to do there. Um, guys, honestly, this is my bold prediction. I think the Coyotes are no longer an NHL team by 2023. I think they're going to be relocated. I think I didn't think there was going to be another franchise coming into the league. But I definitely don't think there's gonna be an expansion anymore for a while. Bro, if the if the coyotes get moved, now would be the best time for someone to take them on. All those draft picks starting like completely fresh. Yeah. Bro, they had they had like I saw a picture of their of their game home game on Friday or Saturday. I don't know when it was. There was no one in the stands. It's worse than Florida. Like, well, now Florida's better, but back then when everyone used to make Florida a mean, bro, it was half of that. It was ridiculous. And you have nothing in the pipeline there except your draft picks, which we know how draft picks are. They can't work. Means. They can't work. So um, I know Batman's meeting with Quebec uh, earlier. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not convinced on that, and I'll tell you why. That actually kind of leads us into uh, our next our next point. But So Batman is set to meet with the Quebec government in January. Now, this is why I don't, I'm not buying this bullshit. The, next, the election is next year. The provincial election, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the person making the promise is someone trying to get reelected. You don't like. I think it's an empty promise. I think there's no com- actual commitment behind it. I think he's saying it to gain his followers, to get his votes, and then after that, it's going to become like every other political promise in the world. Oh, we tried. It didn't work. I mean, I agree, but there's there's something there that he's meeting with. Um, I do think they're a candidate, but I don't think they're the most likely candidate. I think Houston, if they want to keep it in the States, I think Houston is probably the most likely American candidate. 
but I see a lot of people and and specifically because I listen to the Steve Dangle podcast like religiously Adam Adam Wilde is convinced that Hamilton's gonna get an NHL team no way and you know no out of Canadian cities I think Hamilton's the most likely candidate because there's that rule in place where it's 50 kilometer it can't be within 50 kilometers of another NHL city Hamilton's not 50 kilometers to Toronto um because that's where the biggest dilemma is with the MLSC right I don't see how the MLSC allows that but man you have a you have a most you have a you have a big enough you know outreach and in southern Ontario like it's hockey galore so I think bringing another franchise can really do a lot do wonders but the only thing is it might hinder the Leafs and the MLSC um I don't think it happens bro I think if you're comparing Quebec and Hamilton I'm, I'm saying Hamilton any day of the week um i guess we'll see i think i think i think having a team in hamilton actually hurts buffalo more than it hurts fucking the leafs well, fuck buffalo they're a poverty franchise so you're trying to you're trying to solve you're trying to solve one crashing team's issue and by opening up a hamilton team you that's create another one that's self-inflicted by hamilton by buffalo the way they handle the echo situation you have one of the best players you have one of the best players of this generation and you do you pull that shit with them so they deserve that um but anyways yeah i agree it, it's it might negatively impact you know the other teams along the i just i just think i just think putting a team in hamilton has more of a negative impact than it does a positive impact well see i disagree there i think it's better for the league but worse for the leafs and well think league. about it you take you take a market that's got two teams in yeah, a but leaf fans, two hour, leaf fans, talking about one second shit. Are you kidding me? How many? How how much? How, what's what percentage of of the Leaf fan base is is literally just a bunch of idiots? I know, but Eric, I'm telling you right now, the Leafs won't stop selling out everything. They won't. They won't stop being the second richest franchise in the league. It's okay, just one, two, let, let me. Can I let me? Can I explain my thought process first? I mean, sure. Okay, you're gonna put a team in Hamilton. I can guarantee you those tickets in Hamilton will sell cheaper than the Leafs tickets. If the Leafs First, so so first of all, that means more people were going to start going to Hamilton games. Which okay, because tickets are okay because tickets are cheaper. So the Leafs lose out on revenue. That's more fine. people are going to come from Buffalo to go to Hamilton. So Buffalo loses on revenue. So if if all these teams are losing out on revenue, what is I wouldn't it? say it's cheaper than Buffalo. It's going to be the same as Buffalo. It okay, actually Buffalo, okay, but Buffalo's a shit franchise. So the people are going to come from Buffalo and watch Hamilton games. My point is, is that you're splitting a demographic into three essentially by putting a team in Hamilton. Yeah, but one of the most dense demographics. And what I'm saying is there's a lot of fans in on Southern Ontario specifically who cheer for American market. I know I know you call it a dense demographic, but you gotta understand it's dense in Canada's terms. It's not it's not dense in an American uh, viewpoint. You know that right? It's it's pretty dense. It's not that dense. Okay, what are you comparing it to New York? Nick, literally like three quarters of NHL. Hey, I study this. Okay, you're going to tell me that three quarters of NHL cities in the states don't have more population than just literally Southern Ontario? Well, it depends on how, like, how wide your scope is. Because if you're, it depends, like, you know, if it's a hundred kilometer radius, fifty kilometer radius. Because if you're doing, if you're using a smaller radius, no. Okay, I see it. I don't want to turn this into a geography class. We can fight about this off camera or off off recording. But I'm just saying, no, I, it's, I, fine. it's fine. I agree. There's, there's potential. I don't think, I just don't think there's enough people to go around for three teams. But I just think there are so many fans that hate the Leafs 
that are look that, that that just cheer for an American market because they don't like the Leafs. But all those fans, they'll see a lo- a new local team in Hamilton, and that's where your fan base is going to come from. And sure, Leaf fans are going to jump ship. See ya. I want that as a Leaf fan. I want those closet. I mean, closet. But I'm not talking about from a fan perspective. I'm talking from a business side no, of things. Yeah, but for a business side, Hamilton's going to do very well. It's just sure yes. they lose sales. I don't. That, think but that's what I'm saying. You're not. You're not. You're not gaining. Like, okay. What I'm trying to say is you're not gaining much. You're you're taking you're taking a demographic you're taking a demographic that either cheers for Buffalo or Toronto and makes the trip from wherever they are in Southern Ontario to Buffalo or to Toronto to watch a hockey game. All you're doing by adding a team in Hamilton. I, I don't see how you think people are going to travel from Buffalo to Hamilton to pay more to watch a team. I just don't agree with that. It's going to cost more to watch games in Hamilton than it would in Buffalo. I tell you right now. Well, but- after you after the American after after you use your American dollar in the Canadian market, it might actually not matter. But Buffalo's tickets are a joke. Yeah, okay, they're a, they're a joke. But uh, you want to go watch a winning team for an extra couple bucks? Like, go for it. I yeah, do it. Sabres fans are stupid, like Leaf fans. They're loyal. All, all I'm all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that you're taking a market that already is saturated with hockey teams and a hockey fan base because you're either a elite. If you're from Southern Ontario, you either a have Leaf fans or Sabres fans or whatever amongst that group of people. There's obviously other hockey fans in that demographic, okay. but the majority is those guys. So if you add a team in the, in between them, okay. With a 50 minute drive to another franchise, either direction, I, I feel like you're only splitting viewer, like splitting revenue. You're not gaining revenue. For example, if you put a team in, in um, what's it called in like Kansas, for example, a huge sports city. Okay. No other hockey team is there. You you gain sole possession of that market. You get what I'm saying? No, I agree with you. I, I totally agree that there's a there's a there's a consideration in a sole, you know, a, an individual market versus a split market. I 100. But agree. that's why that's why I don't think that there's but even a I don't even think there's a shot at. A I just think the game is a lot more than what you're giving it credit for. Like, I, I, we got to move on from this because we have a lot more to talk about. But the only thing I want to end off with is, like, a California. There are three teams within a 60-kilometer radius. But there's, like, 80 million people. <laughs> it's, like, a huge amount of people in California. I don't think you, it's that far. It's not that much. It's not that much people, but it's a lot of people in California. Yeah, but hockey is not the number one sport there. It's number three. And look how well those teams do. You're telling me in a market like this where hockey's number one, 100%. It's not going to do better. That's that's where I'm coming from. Because there's not enough people to support the market. That's what I'm. That's okay, why. I'll get the that's why Cal- for off of camera, but I'm telling you, California is not that far ahead of Southern Ontario. California has more population than t- all of Canada. Thirty-nine point five. We're talking about yeah, but look how wide, look how wide the, the like look how big California is. I'm talking immediate to like let's say Southern California, for example. Because I'm talking okay, about Los Angeles's population is 3.967 million people. I know, but I just think there's a lot more. It's okay. How it's, much? How much did you say? Los Angeles? Yeah. Almost four million. Three point nine. Okay. Well, Southern Ontario is thirteen million. So, and that was 2016. Yeah, so, but you're ta- okay. You're talking Southern Ontario. That's one city, Nick. One city. Yeah, but Southern California, you got two other cities, and Anaheim and San Jose are a lot smaller than LA. Yeah. 
I'm just saying there's, in my opinion, there's potential. That we, we'll just leave it at that. It's not even, like, we're talking about hypothetical over here. It's fine. Um, moving on. Moving on. Unless, t- unless Thomas has anything you want to add. But <laughs> I feel like we went off on a tangent there. Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> you can move on. Uh, well, moving on to a more of a sad story. Ben Bishop announces his retirement due to a, a meniscus problem in his knee. I feel so bad for him. I, I feel like a career should never end due to injury, especially with a goalie like Ben Bishop, who showed so much promise. Yeah. And he had, he had a very successful career in terms of, you know, number numbers-wise. And he was in the Vesna conversation a lot every time he played. And, you know, he, he led the – well, it wasn't really him. It was Kadobin, but – you know, the stars went to the finals that year, but just, uh, just an unfortunate end to a very good career. I think Yeah, it's sad. he had a surgery two years ago and he was never able to recover. Um, very bad, very sad news. And I mean, I hope he can, you know, retire and live a comfortable life where he can still be pretty mobile. Um, cause it, it's more than just hockey. Right. Um, but it, yeah, I agree. It's very sad to see. Yeah. And, uh, talking about, I'm um, staying on the goalie topic. Mark Andre Fleury becomes the third goalie to reach 500 wins. Um, crazy stat line. That I still think like he's one of the best goalies to ever played this game. Like Flower is Flower is first first ballot Hall of Famer. Like unanimous like decision. I I don't think you can dispute it. Three Stanley right. Cup champion uh, championships, 500 wins, and top three in goaltending there. Like. You know, and he's still playing, so his numbers are only going to get better. I mean, maybe not on Chicago, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is there. But, I mean, man, what a, what a career. What a career for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I probably am, but the top three in wins, Brodeur, Fleury, and who's the third? Wah? No. Oh, we can Google it. I have no idea. Because I was going to say that is some hell of a good goalies that Quebec has been throwing out of there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's – we know that. They literally yeah. have sole possession. Yeah. Patrick Waugh, Broder, yeah. Fleury. So, Waugh Quebec, like- Quebec has sole possession of the top three goalies to ever fucking play this game. Crazy. Jesus. Um, anyways, um, here's, a, here's a topic that uh, – I don't care or like this news, so – we talked about it yesterday, but uh, six teams are interested in Evander Kane, which that many teams is shocking to me. But Leafs, Bruins, doesn't surprise me. Pens, Red Wings, Preds, and Stars are interested in Evander Kane. What? Why you don't see the Habs there? It's because Bergevin's out. Yeah. I mean, Evander Kane is – I mean, he is what he is. <laughs> like – you know, problem in the dressing room, gambling issue, kind of this arrogant character from what we hear as third-party listeners and all that. But, I mean, the Leafs doesn't surprise me to be on there because they feel like they can rehab absolutely anybody. They keep trying this stuff. You know, they took a guy like Tyler Ennis, tried to rehab his career. They took a guy like Hosang, tried to, doing a good job of rehabbing his career. Um, oh, yes. Galchenyuk. You know, they, they tried to do the same thing. And, I mean, it, it was working in Toronto. I think Galchenyuk just didn't want it to work anymore. That's why he left. He's doing nothing in Arizona. So Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like that doesn't surprise me. The Bruins don't surprise me at all because Bender Kane would be a perfect Bruin. 
just a typical asshole and dick on the ice. Um, Pens doesn't shock me because I feel like they, they need some, some talent up front right now. Um, the Red Wings shocked me. And the Red Wings shocked me because you have a young team and the last thing you need is a cancer in the locker room influencing that. Yeah. You have a lot of young guys on that team between Raymond, Sider, Larkin, you know, like these guys are young. You don't, you don't need them. <laughs> you don't need to expose them to a Vander Kane, man. No way. Nope. No way. Um, and then there's the Preds and Stars. I mean, the Preds confuse me because I feel like, I feel like the Preds are like at, on this, like they're doing well right now, but I feel like they're like on the verge of a rebuild. Like, I feel like it's, it's got to come at some point, but maybe I'm wrong. And the stars, uh, I mean, I guess they can use a little more of an offensive punch, but man, I don't really know if, uh, I don't really know if anyone benefits from, from this, from Vander Kane on the team. I don't know. It all depends on, uh, it all depends on whether or not he can clean his act up. Um, and Nick, you want to handle this final point? Cause I know you, you, you want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why I want to talk about it is because I'm frustrated with the Leafs defensive play. Um, anyways, Michael Delzato was waived. I'm surprised no one claimed him. He's a great veteran. Um, you can play the PK. You can play your second power play if you really want. He can defend well. Um, but anyways, it's kind of a pointless, uh, kind of a pointless point but the only reason why i wanted to make note of it is because i'm surprised the leafs didn't even try to claim him um maybe they knew that he was going to clear because now any team can trade for him and then send him immediately to the ahl if they want to um yeah so we'll see what happens there i'm, I'm sure a team will change would trade for him because he's great depth to have especially if you have a space for the extra guy um but yeah i'm surprised i want to see the leaps do something anyway so that's really it. Uh, I'll kind of go through injuries here. If you guys want to comment on it at all, you can. If not, we'll get to the the, the, the best part about this podcast today, which is going to be Leafs and Jets. So anyways, so Pionk is day-to-day concussion protocol. After that game, um, I'm going to get into the specifics about when that was announced, when we get to that conversation, because that was a really shady thing by Paul Maurice. But anyways, uh, I'll get there in a second. Um, Sandine out two to three weeks with his knee. We all know why, which we'll get to in a second. Marner out three to four weeks, shoulder. Um, freaking Jake Muzzin taking out his own players. Uh, it wasn't serious at first, it was precautionary. And then when they returned home from Winnipeg, they did some further testing. And it turns out something it's something more serious than they initially thought. I don't like to see that, especially when it's in practice. It's unfortunate the Leafs haven't been the same, especially five on five without him. Um, all you Leaf fans out there that thought Marner at the beginning of the season was okay, he's overpaid, but complaining that he's overpaid by $5 million that he shouldn't even be in the top, like get out of here, get out of here. I hope you're crying now to see how important this guy is to our team. So that's unfortunate. Um, another injury on the Leafs front, Travis Dermott out with a shoulder injury as well, day to day. I think he'll be back on this Western road trip we got going uh, this week. So um, he should be back soon. Nothing serious there. Jake Gensel out week to week. Very unfortunate news for Pittsburgh. Man was on a 13-game point streak, I believe. He was scoring like at a rapid pace. So it's very you hate to see that, especially when a guy's hot. Um, Blake Wheeler, 
knee. He's out long-term. Um, the play didn't look too nice, and especially considering his age and mileage. Sad to see. Um, hopefully it's not too serious and he doesn't need surgery. Um, I don't know if, Tim, you want to say anything there or else I can keep going. Um, I mean, I guess finally, you know, how like you've mentioned how the fans want to see with Leafs without Marner. Yeah. We're finally going to see Jets without Wheeler. That's true. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. I won't miss his one goal this whole season. So <laughs> I just wish him the best recovery. Yeah, I think Wheeler's more of like a, you know, like a Jason Spezza right now. Like he's more of like a guy who put him out there when you need to get the team in it. He'll lay a big hit. He's amazing in the dressing room. He's a, he's a captain, right? But for top six production out of the guy, you're not going to get that anymore. Yeah. But it's a very like contentious player. Anyways, moving on to Foley. Had surgery on his hand. He's out eight weeks minimum. Um, the Habs aren't going anywhere anyways, but it sucks for Toffoli, especially because he's entering the end of his prime. And that could have been a move. That could have been a piece that they moved to the deadline. It still is, but, you know, it's harder to get his value as high as you can. Adam Boakfist, upper body, moved to the IR. Could be a week. Could be multiple weeks. Never know. But minimum a week when they're on the IR. Sorelli, upper body. No, no update on that yet. If it's day-to-day, week-to-week, we don't know. Same with Tom Wilson. A lot of players went down this week, guys. We're in the, we're in the stretch here before Christmas where games are ramping up, intensity's ramping up, and, you know, it's 30 games in almost for some teams. So that's yeah. why, you know, there's injuries. Eric Chernak out week-to-week, man. Tampa just keeps on getting these injuries. Point, Sorelli, Kucherov, Chernak. And, they, you know, they're still winning. They're the hottest team in the league right now. So that's Tampa for you. Um, Gabriel Landeskog out two weeks lower body injury Colorado cannot get lucky they get one big guy back they lose one big guy um, Bernier hip placed on IR and I know I know. just to add to this on our list Ryan Graves and Nico Heischer have been in place in COVID protocol Devils got some injury there um, and yeah that's all I got for injuries this week um, if you guys have nothing to say we're going to move on to the the big news over here, um, Leafs and Jets. Uh, I'll let you anchor this one. I don't really care to talk about how our team's going this week, to be honest. We can just spend time on that Sunday game. Um, just as a summary, though, the Leafs lost that game. Six, Thomas, what was it? Six, four, six, three. Six, three. Six, three. I didn't even care about the score. Um, the Leafs proceeded to win at home on Tuesday against... Guys, how am I forgetting this? Who did they beat on? They won 5-4. I just don't remember who it was. Sorry? Who did the Leafs beat on Tuesday at home? Oh, my God. I can't remember that either. Wasn't it Minnesota? Or was that the day of the game? After? That was the day before. I'm sorry, guys. What a Leaf fan I am. Someone find that for me. I'll just get Yeah, the Blue Jackets. Oh, there you go. Columbus. And then they lost 5-4 on Thursday. To the No, 5-3 to the Lightning. And then they won last night, 5-4, which they blew a 4-1 lead in. Anyways, I'm not going to spend too much time on the Leafs because I want to get to, like I said, that Sunday game. But moral of the story with the Leafs this week is Jack Campbell has cooled down a bit, which, I mean, fuck. The defense in front of him is not helping him at all. Uh, I don't care if it's the best goalie in the world. When your defense is playing like that, giving odd man rushes literally five times a period, um, and stupid giveaways, flipping it into the middle of the ice. Like, I can't even express how bad the Leafs are playing defensively. Obviously, the guy's going to cool down. And the guy needs a smaller workload. I mean, he's played 
I think, 85% of our games so far, 90% of our games so far. So, yeah, the Leafs are starting to look like what they did three, four years ago where they just outscored all their issues. And I don't like to see five, four wins. As a team who, you know, needs to play disciplined hockey, I know Sheldon Keefe is ripping into them last night after that 5-4 uh, win, which fucking blew a 4-1 lead to Chicago at home on a Saturday night. Like, come on. Um, where Mrazek had to stand on his head. He let in four goals, and he's still the best player on the ice. Um, he was yeah. not the best player on the ice. I think he was last night. Dude, Mrazek is such a sloppy goalie. It doesn't matter. If it weren't for him last night, we lost that game. I don't know, man. I think if it, he, there's a lot of those saves he could have freaking made. It wouldn't oh, have been yeah, that bad. People, where, where, do those, where do those plays come from to begin with? Giveaways. That's all it is with this team. Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. I'm, th- this past, these past five games, like, I don't understand. How good is Sandine? Like, let me, okay, let me, let me, rephrase, let me, let me rephrase for a second. I'll, get, I'll cut Mrazic some slack because it was his first game in like over a month. But like, I mean, it's, it's still, it's still his identity. Oh, 100%. He's he is. Mrazic's not a starter, but they didn't bring him in here to be a starter. But might they, have to be. The team has to play better in front of him. Like, it's, it, last night was embarrassing. Jake Muzzin. Okay, Jake Muzzin looked pretty good last night, actually, compared to what he did earlier in the week. Justin Hall, sent him to the moon. I, I, fuck, I'll go play instead of him. I know we have no guys. We have no, you know, we don't have many defenders right now because of Sandy McDermott being hurt. Seriously, I'll go play instead of him. He looks so lost. Like, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. Justin Hall, I, I, usually I I don't pick on players. Like, I'm, I'm the opposite of that, but fuck, it's... It, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. You take him away from Muzzin, he looks even worse. You put him with Muzzin, Muzzin doesn't seem 100% right now. So that's making Muzzin look worse. So I this guy needs to be in the press box. Trade him. I, I Wave him. I don't care what you do. Yeah, it's still, it stood all yesterday when he uh, we were talking about this too. Remember when um, he came across, right? Yeah, on that on their second or third goal there, Rubens was, was pretty close with the player coming down, the Chicago player. And... Um, Hole decided it was a good idea to leave his end of the ice and come and double team with Rubens, leaving the center of the ice wide open for that pass. Yeah. So, I mean, moral of the story with the Leafs hockey this week is defensively, they need to get shit going because you're not, you're not, you're going to, you're, you're going to fall. The Atlantic, the top three teams are on 110 point pace. So, you know, defensively, can they compare to Florida and Tampa right now? Absolutely not. Riley and Brody look good. Other than that, that's what it. Lilligrens are third best defenseman right now. Like I wasn't even supposed to make the roster this year out of camp. Like that's yeah. how they're playing. Muzzin, he's playing like he's playing okay. Like he has a lot of giveaways and stuff, but he, he's a big body. Like he knows when to use it. He's still good in his own end. Like he's still playing like a a decent top four defenseman. But Justin Hole. And, you know, we relied so heavily on these two last year, and that's that's why it's so noticeable now. Um, but, yeah, they have to either acquire someone. I mean, the deadline, they're definitely acquiring a defenseman. And Travis Dermott, when he comes back, he needs to get in. Um, and, honestly, I scratch hole over Rubens. Anyways, that's enough for me. Um, we'll see how they play this week. Um, and then we could talk more about their defense and such next week because, obviously, we want to get to Thomas and the Jets and <laughs> – that Sunday game. Oh, I want to get to them. But let's get let's get to that. Thomas, you can start us off. Um, so yeah, the Sunday game started. Congrats to Wheeler hitting thousand games. Uh it's good, it's good to see a player uh hit a thousand games, especially when 
most of them were on your team. So that's nice to see. Um, the thing Nick said about Pionk's announcement of the injury, that was our first media availability. Like that's the only time where Maurice can come out and say that Pionk is injured. Okay, but can I just ask why do, why does it have to be Maurice? The PR usually does it. Doesn't matter as long as it doesn't. Yeah, but when it, teams have when teams have off days, it's always the PR doing it. He it, knew it, it, he knew he had a concussion the day after. Why do you have to wait two days? And injury, injuries don't change suspension length. We've seen that so many times. Just because you're injured from a play doesn't mean the suspension gets they, changed. You know, you know, they did the same. Cassidy did the same thing in in Boston in the playoffs when Kadri's hearing came up, right thirty minutes before they announced that the breast was in concussion protocol. It there there's. There was some strategy to it. It might have not impacted the suspension, but it's just a, it's a cold move, man. I, I, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew okay, it. but I, I don't see how. Why didn't, why didn't like, the squatters pull, pull Pianco in the play? Well, because concussions don't happen right away either. It can take a day or two. They should have checked them. Yeah, I agree he should have been checked. So I, I, I also agree he shouldn't have been kneed to the head. I don't think. So I guess that's what we're going to talk about now. I don't think it impacted the length, sure. I, honestly, I personally think it could have, but um, I just don't like – I don't like that move by Maurice. He knew what he was doing. In my yeah, but, but everyone who could would do that. Like, I, I don't see how it was a big issue. It was the first media availability yeah, for the but Jets. Just his attitude, even when, the, even when it happened in the game, um, even the Pionk hit, he had that fucking look on his face like, what did Pionk do? What do you mean? What did Pionk do? Fighting with he's screaming at the Leaf players, the Leaf bench. Like, as a coach, man, that was a bad look on Maurice. That entire game, he, he, he looked, he looked like a little whiny fucking. He looked like a player. But what do you want him to do? Go and smack his own team and hit Pionk on the head? You want to defend your own team? Why he's why he's chirping at the Leafs bench? What's wrong with you? He's not chirping at you. Our guys are getting hurt, and he's not saying shit. But you yeah, but our our guys were getting hurt too. Yeah, but I don't I don't like when I see coaches like we do that in men's league. We don't fucking do that in the NHL. You're not fighting with the other bench as a coach. Like, come on, what kind of what, what does that set? What does that show your team? Yeah, I, I don't like I, the I don't problem. Like, the problem with that, and like I agree, coaches shouldn't exactly get involved in this stuff. But I feel like this all comes from the lack of officiating. If the coaches, if the coaches, both, if both coaches don't feel like their players are at risk of injury during this game because the players are starting to police the game themselves, the coaches don't feel the need to get involved and chirp and yell and get all involved. Brad Meyer is a certified asshole. Okay. I don't care what anyone says. Literally the worst official in the league. That guy needs to be fucking fired and exiled to the fucking the deepest, darkest league in the world. I don't give a shit. Okay, awful, awful referee. If that if that game is policed properly, injuries don't happen. Nope. If 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 Pion- if if the Pionk call, and I'm sure Thomas can agree with me, if Pionk was even assessed a fucking minor penalty for kneeing, none of that happened. Okay, if he even if he even assesses a minor penalty for kneeing, Spezza doesn't hit him in the head. Okay, the game kind of calms down a little bit. That you 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 at least you at least give the Leafs a, uh, you know, I hate to say it, give them a reason not to hurt Pionk, but you know what I mean? Like you kind of, you kind of settle it down a little bit, but anyways, I just feel like 
Brad Myers is an asshole and, and that game got way out of hand and it didn't need to get to the spots that it did. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Like, like, listen, I, I admit I got heated after, after the game. And I mean, obviously natural instinct is call Pyong dirty, say this, say that, say what you want about the jets. But at the end of the day, it's on none of these players. It's all on the fucking officials because it all start. Honestly, it all started from Dubois and Matthews play. The fact that you give Matthews a minor for getting sat on, he was he was laying down and Dubois sitting on him, and Matthews gets a minor. It's offsetting. They were in the corner for thirty seconds, so that was already abysmal. That was. Let me add something too. I'm not sure if you guys realize, but the night after, um, when or two nights after whatever it was, or the night after when the Jets played Carolina and Ian Cole need um, Shifley, the ref. Yeah, the ref who made that call was refing the Leafs game as well. It wasn't Brad Meyer, it was the other guy. Yeah, yeah it was the other guy. But what's funny is <laughs> no suspension. The, like, the consistency with this league, it just doesn't exist. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, yeah. it's fucking embarrassing. Um, but you're telling me Pionk gets two games, and then Ian Cole, which the play looks even more intentional than Pionk's. At least Pionk was turning. You don't give a suspension? Like, come on. And it's called on the ice? What, what is going on here? So, Thomas, I apologize. Honestly, as much as I hated the Jets in that game, this is all stems from the officials. Because as much as I hate Jason Spezza in that game, a guy who's never been suspended in his career, why the fuck are you doing that? Why is he doing that? Because the officials don't call shit. You should have seen him on the bench after he didn't get called. The guy almost jumped over the boards. What, what is that going to translate to? No call. He's going to come on and try to take Pianco. Now, Spezza's an idiot. You never go head hunting ever. I don't care if someone fucking sacked you with their stick. You don't go head hunting. Because that's that's the one play in hockey you don't want to see, right? Um, Pion could have been out for the rest of the season after that. So as much as I like Spezza standing up for Sandine, especially because of the non-call, you could have done it in a way where you challenged a fight or something. So all I want to say is it is all the officials. That does not happen without the bad officiating. That play is called no fights. You won't see Simmons cross-check. You won't see Spezza running Pionk. You won't see any of that. So moral of the story, we can really we can really move on from this. I don't care anymore. It's a week old. Pionk seems okay. Sandine's only out two weeks. Um, that's all that matters, in my opinion. Um, I hope it doesn't translate to March when we play the Jets. Okay, maybe a fight or two, but fuck off. Those are running each other over. Like, you don't want to hurt each other. You're... You, you, you're both playing for your career. So I don't like respond with anger, respond with um, whatever danger. Um, That's all I got to say. Brad Meyer, I don't know how you still have a job. You did the same thing with Kadri and DeBrusque a few years ago. Um, You allowed the play to get out of hand. And that's, that's where it comes down to guys. So I hope we see more consistency from this league. And we can, if you guys have nothing else to say, we can really just move on to Fantasy Corner because I'm done with this. Okay. Um, I'm not as mad as I was at the Jets anymore. I'm yeah, mad. I'm not mad or anything. I don't like what Spezza did. I don't like what Pionk did. The intention was still there. You need on these a very dirty play. Um, I don't like what Simmons did. And the only thing, Thomas, I don't like about the Jets, but I mean, it's the lead, so that's why, is the celebrations after, especially Stanley. You didn't even touch Simmons and you're celebrating like you beat him in a fight. 
But that's what he was selling. Like he was egging it on. You know what I mean? Like I know, but like, like let's see you go on one with Simmons. He'll fucking drop your ass. You're six seven. He'll drop your ass. Yeah, that's why. If I went to go fight Simmons and that happened, I I do the exact same thing and pretend I was all big as well. I, I don't like it though. I think I think the one thing you're gonna see in March is Simmons go right after Stanley. Like not in a bad way. Like in a let's let's fight. You want to celebrate? Let's fight. Not in like I'm gonna take your head off. Right? There's a there's a there's a difference there. I don't. I don't tolerate that shit of taking your head off and whatever. Anyways, let's fucking move on to the best part, fantasy corner. Nick, take it away. So are we gonna are we gonna split it risers, fallers, sleepers, or are we gonna Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, so then I'll take up the risers. Um, so to start, Jacob Truba. Um, he has two goals, three assists, 16 hits, 10 blocks. I think like 35 penalty minutes in the last week. Um, playing very well. As a defensive defenseman, he's even getting on the score sheet. Definitely someone worth looking into, especially with the way the Rangers are playing. Um, Roman Yossi, I don't know his stats, but I know I have him in fantasy. And he's literally a point per game, and he hits and blocks. I mean, he's owned in almost every pool. I think he's owned in every pool. So he's more of just like a guy to know if you have him, celebrate, because this guy's going to win the Norris this year if he keeps this up. Um, Thomas Hurdle, five goals, one assist in the last, I think, five games. Very excellent. He's probably San Jose's best player right now. So it's great to see. Samuel Gerard, one goal, three assists this week in three games. Um, and you know what? I want to talk about that in tandem with Devontae's. One goal, eight assists in his last six games. He and he's not even on the power play. Or I think he's on power play too with Gerard now. Yeah. But my gosh, that guy's a force to Colorado definitely has the best back end in the, in the league. Like it's ridiculous. You got McCarr, Gerard, and Taze. All like probably top fifteen in defensive scoring. Yeah, plus you also have Bowen Byram as well. Yeah, and then you got Byram just chilling. You got Eric Johnson who's having a great year. Like, wow. Um, so that's just someone to if you you know if if any of those guys are available in your pool somehow I think they're both hovering around fifty percent owned, sixty percent owned. Grab them. Um, Drake Batherson, I love this guy. Probably my favorite senator. One goal, five assists in his, in three games this week. Three assists last night. I think on all three Brady Kachuk's goals. Um, yeah, definitely someone. He's only like 70-something percent of pools, but worth monitoring if he's somehow available. Um, Morgan Riley, six assists in three games this week. Freaking the only one on our back end that looks good right now. So shout out to him. Uh, he's producing offensively. Eric, that contract's looking cute. Um, it hasn't even started yet, so the decline could still happen. <laughs> um Two last names here, Thatcher Demko. I mean, 3-0 in his last three. I think he has like four or three or four goals against in that span. He's playing very excellent hockey. He's been good all season, though, even when they were losing. Um, I love Thatcher Demko, so it's not much to say there. I know he's only owned like 65, 70 or something percent of pools. So if you can trade for him, now might be the time to trade. Buy low. And if he's available, stream him. Adam, do what you want. Definitely a guy worth trading for if you can, though. And then Jesper Bratt. He's at 50% owned now. Um, this guy, I think he's on like a 10-game point streak. He's first power play, first line, and he's literally a point per game. Like, there's not much more I need to say. He doesn't get you the banger stats. He doesn't. He's not a center, but it just seems like he keeps producing. So, please, if you have him, I mean, if you see him in free agency, it may be worth adding. Especially if he sure's out now, he's gonna get even more ice time. He's playing with Jack Hughes. Um, yeah, definitely worth someone monitoring. 
And that's it for our risers. We can move on to our followers now. All right. Followers. It pains me to say and start off with this, but Jake Muzzin, um, he's just been struggling all year long. He's either A, he's not playing healthy, or B, he just needs to find his game. He's not there offensively. He's struggling defensively. He, yeah, I mean, he's playing with Justin Hall, so I guess it's, you know, it's tough as well right now. But, I mean, I put him on the followers list because, man, I have him in, I've had him in fantasy too, and I'm looking for a replacement. Like, he's just – I don't know if – I've kept him around, you know, a third of the season now, and it's – nothing's really changing, and I'm hoping he's going to find his way, but it just doesn't look like it right now. So if you're a fantasy owner and you got Jake Muzzin, you can wait if you want, if you love him that much. But uh, it is looking uh, good over there. Uh, next up, I got uh, Jakob Silverberg on uh, on Anaheim. He's got one assist in his last 11 games. <laughs> yeah, he's a minus two in that span, which isn't terrible. But um, he's just not producing, man. Like, the you know the ducks young guns are just taking over and they're leaving everybody else really in the dust and and yeah and silverberg is is a part of that man he has done literally nothing like he doesn't even have he doesn't even hit or block or do anything else yeah other than put up points so when he doesn't put up points he's useless now one assist in 11 games you very useless and if i'm not mistaken i think it was a secondary assist so <laughs> that's even funnier yeah so you know uh He's not ownable in any in any league at this point. Um, I don't care how deep it is. You just don't own him. <laughs> um, next up on my list is another defenseman, uh, Ivan Provorov. He's got one assist and a minus four in his last six games. For a defenseman like that, that is unacceptable. He hits and he blocks, yes, but as a top two defenseman on that on that team, even if Philly's doing bad, you you got to do better. I'm not saying to trade him, but I mean. It's it's tough to to roster him right now. Um, if you want to trade him? I mean, you can talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I also have Provorov in this. My defense is struggling this year in fantasy. Uh, but we'll talk after Nick. Uh, um, next up on my list is Andreas Janssen. He had that really nice hot streak um, in November. Um, his really simmered down come in this come December. In his last six games, he's only got one assist. He's a minus two. Um, Jans is another one of those players that doesn't really put up any other po- like uh, fantasy points or metrics other than his points. Um, doesn't really hit too much, doesn't block. So, you know, <clears throat> in deeper leagues, Janssen is, you know, rosterable kind of, you know, depending on a lot of things. But uh, right now, he's definitely on a uh, on a on a steep decline when uh, December started. Yep. And I think with Brat, with Brat's play right lately, Johnson is definitely falling down. Yeah. In order. And that's it for my fallers. And I'll hand it over to uh, to Thomas to end us off with the sleepers. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of good sleepers this week, like a lot of good streams. But uh, we'll go with Sonny Milano. Three goals, four assists in the last six games. Um, yeah, as Eric mentioned earlier. Oh, sorry. What happened? I'll say, and that, you know, that freaking amazing goal. Between yeah, him. And Zigras. But as Eric mentioned, it's all the young talent now in Anaheim taking over. Uh, Logan O'Connor, I know he had that game. He had two assists. Yeah, it was two assists or two goals. They won like 6 2. Um, 
Yeah, he's just another one. He's a player I'm holding right now. I just think he's too valuable to drop. And then now with Linus Clock injured, uh, Avalanche shuffles their line, so we'll see what happens. Uh, another sleeper, Andre Cash, or Cache. Three goals, one assist. Uh, he's looked good for the Leafs. He's on their first power play. Right? And their first line. And they, yeah, and, and, and their first line. So with Marner out for another three to four weeks, uh, he'll, he'll be on that first line for the remaining time. Eli Tolvanen, four goals this week. Um, had another good week. Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, the Islanders as a whole look like they picked it up this week. Yep. Uh, Wallstrom and Dobson are both on the list. Uh, they each have three goals. And then Wallstrom with five assists and Dobson with one assist in the last five games. So, yeah, as I guess I mentioned to Pedro yesterday, had a really good game. So, if the Islanders can carry that, you know, I think we expect them to do right now. Yeah, I think we can expect them to do better than they were at the beginning of the season. So, that's good to see. And then the last sleeper, Ivan Barbashev, two goals, three assists in the last four games. Um, Yeah, good player. I I actually picked up Wallstrom this morning. I had Dobson in another pool. Uh, so that was a good idea say but yeah that's all the sleepers and that's it for fantasy corner yeah i mean kind of went through it pretty quick i mean i know we didn't spend a lot of time on our own teams other than that that famous game but next week i want to spend more time on the Leafs because we'll see how they do defensively this week and we'll kind of dissect that further um but yeah uh thanks everyone for listening for those of you who do listen um please if you have any feedback Contact us at my Instagram account at hockeycardcollector34. Good or bad feedback, what you want us to talk about, anything we missed, you know, you name it. We're all we're all ears. So thanks everyone for listening. Hope you guys have a good week. Watch some hockey, relax. Holidays are coming up. Go play shinny if you can. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the outdoors. And yeah, thanks everyone. Take care, guys. Take care. Ciao.